Please be seated. My name is Kurt. I'm one of the pastors here. A special welcome to you. If you're visiting with us this morning, we encourage you to hang out after the service is over. Don't rush off too quick. We have Mission Mochas. If you pick up a card at the Information Center, we're getting two free Mission Mochas on us. We'd love to have a chance to offer you some fresh coffee and a fresh hand of welcome. Coffee is good. That's right. Absolutely. I love you too, man. And I love coffee. We are excited that you're here, and uh, it's an interesting time to be at Faith Covenant Church. It is uh, the middle of summer. It's uh, apparently hotter than usual around here. I'm still wondering where all the rain is that everybody warned us about, Uh, but I'm sure that's still coming. You know, we brought some of the heat from Phoenix. I was looking at the weather and noticed that it was like in the 90s and 13% humidity. I mean, that's like desert weather. What's going on? Is there a shift in the weather? I think there's uh, always shifts going on in our lives, and uh, whether it's the weather or whether it's our relationships or whether it's our church family, uh, part of life is that there are always shifts happening. And navigating those changes in life and understanding where God is in the midst of it is a part of those challenges that we go through. That's part of what it means to be followers of Jesus, is that we're looking for God to help us navigate the shifts in life. Now, for those of you who've been uh, around for the summer, you know that uh, every three years, our denomination has an annual high school youth conference called Chick, and we had a chance to send some of our high schoolers to that conference uh, this year. And the theme of the conference was shift. And uh, as they got to hear about how God wanted to make a shift in their lives and in their relationship with him, our denomination has encouraged us as a a church and all the churches uh, in, in our denomination to consider doing a series on this idea of shift. Uh, not only to acknowledge that uh, many of our, our kids had a, a powerful experience at, at Chick this year, but that we too also need that same perspective in our lives, that God is always wanting us to open ourselves to the possibility that he may be wanting to do a shift in our relationship with him, a shift in our relationships with one another. And it, interestingly, in this season, as we talked about the possibility of, of, of picking up this series and, and carrying it forward, it seems like a very appropriate theme for us as a church in this season because we are in the process of wrapping up what we've been calling our listening campaign that we began in January. And we're asking the, the deeper questions about where God is leading us and, and who are we as a church? And, and even the bigger question of what is it that God is calling us to do and to be? What is our mission? What is our vision for where we're going? And I'd like to suggest to you this morning that as we go into this series over the next few weeks on shift, that I'd like us to ask ourselves the question, how might God God be inviting us to shift our perspective on our relationship with him, to shift our perspective on what does it mean for us to be church in this place, in this season, in this time? What does it mean for us to be faith covenant church in Sumner, Washington, with ministry to Auburn and Puyallup and Ording and Bonnie Lake and even around the world? God is always inviting us to have our perspective changed, to open our eyes to new things that he might be leading us into. And so I want to invite us to consider The possibility is that we kind of pick a lane as a church in this season ahead and we we narrow our focus to what God is leading us to do. That maybe it, it, it might be an invitation to each of us to experience a shift in our own lives. 
We have talked about how shifting in our relationship with God is really a part of discipleship. I mean, if you think about uh, what repentance is, right? Jesus called his disciples in Mark 1.5. Uh, he says, the time has come. The kingdom of heaven has come near. Repent and believe the good news. And, and we talk about repentance almost as kind of this, oh, I've been such a bad person. I feel so awful. And I, and I, I need to grovel at God's feet and ask for forgiveness. And, and while forgiveness and, and asking God for his compassion and mercy is a part of repentance, it also has this idea that, that there's a shift that happens in our thinking about ourselves. There's a shift that happens in our thinking about who God is. And that even though we know that we make mistakes and that, that we're broken, sinful, hurting people, we also begin to realize that God has made a way through his son Jesus for us to experience forgiveness and mercy and grace. And so that repentance isn't just about groveling at God's feet asking for forgiveness, but it's experiencing his healing and his wholeness and his love so that we can step out and be an influence of positive change in our culture. We can be an influence of positive change in our families and in our marriages. We can be an influence, whether we're high school kids whether we're teenagers or college kids, whether we're adults, whether we're seniors in our retirement, God invites all of us to see how he wants to use our lives to be a positive influence on those around us. So we see that this idea of shift is a part of God's invitation to experience a new kind of relationship with himself through his son, Jesus. It's a part of the ongoing process of discipleship. If any of you were here last fall, as we kind of walked through the, the series on journey of faith, we began to talk about how part of discipleship is really an ongoing learning process that God walks us through. And we talked about how there were three parts of that process. The first one is, is perspective. As we go through life with God, whether it's reading his word, whether it's going through an experience of life with him, whether it's in relationship in community like church, we have experiences of God's presence and God's word in our life that opens us to a new perspective. And that new perspective allows us to refocus our thinking and our planning and, and our priorities so that we know how to best invest our time, our talents, and our treasure around God's priorities and not our own. And ultimately, having that greater sense of clarity of focus allows us to begin to act in new and different ways. That ongoing learning process of going through perspective and focus and action is a part of the shift that God is always inviting us to experience in our relationship with him. In John 8, 12, which is going to be a kind of our key verse for our sermon today, Jesus, in one of his I am statements, where he's talking about how we can understand who he is and, and what he has come to do and to be in our lives, says, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will not, never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. I am the light of the world. You see, Jesus wanted us to understand that a part of having a relationship with him is that he brings light to our lives. Now, how many of you have ever been stuck in like a cavern where there's absolutely no light and you can't even see your hand in front of your face? You guys ever go on into caverns? It's a little bit scary, right? I mean, we're so used to having at least some ambient light around us so we can see outlines or silhouettes or shadows, but we're such visual people. When you completely take away all light, it's very disconcerting. And, and, and how many of you ever gone up, gotten up in the middle of the night when the lights are off and you thought you knew your way around the house only to stumble over something that was left in the living room. So much of our experiences of life, I think, are based 
on our ability to see and to understand who we are in our surroundings. And so often, I think, in this world, we can become distracted and and our vision can get clouded. And Jesus is telling his disciples and us that his purpose was to come to bring light to our path. So as we move forward as a church and as we ask big questions about where is God leading us and how has he shaped us and, and what is he calling us to do, we need to start with the light of Jesus to guide our path. We need to be willing to allow God to shift our perspective in order to see what he would have us do, how we can focus on his priorities and not necessarily our own, and how his light brings clarity not only to who we are as a church, but who each of us has been created and designed to be. If you think back to Jesus' original disciples, they were, many scholars believe, nothing more than you know, young teenagers maybe in their early 20s at most, fishermen who, who were living off the land, so to speak. They were out fishing for their livelihood. And here Jesus comes along and he says, follow me and I will totally radically alter your perception of who God has shaped you to be, right? He says, follow me and I will make you fishers of men. Or in the more modern version, I will make you fish for people. You see, Jesus came to these young adolescent men, and he radically altered their perception. He shifted their whole thinking about who God had designed them to be. And in relationship with Jesus, he opened their whole horizon to a whole new way of living. And God called them as followers of Jesus to radically transform the world around them, to be an influence of change. And we know from history that they changed the entire Roman world at that time. And our lives are as the way they are today because of their influence. We are here to worship God. We have faith in Jesus. We have God's word to guide us because of their answer to the call of Jesus to shift their perspective on who God is in their life and who he's called them to be. You know, I I spent many years doing youth ministry uh, in my early years of ministry as God called me to step out and fish for people. And and one of the experiences that I had over and over again that was really interesting, I began to take note of part of the process that we go through as teenagers as we come to faith, especially for church kids who've grown up in the church, who've been around uh, Christian parents, There was often this experience where kids would begin to struggle with their faith, but because they had grown up in the church and they felt like it was supposed to be assumed that we believe in God and we talk about Jesus and you know the Sunday school answer is always, you know, Jesus is the answer to every question, right? They didn't feel like it was safe or comfortable to admit that they were doubting whether even God was real. And so we began to to find that we would be struggling to see kids grow in their faith because secretly they were harboring these doubts about their faith and and wondering if, if Jesus was really God and all of those things. And what we began to do when we found out that they were struggling is to say, you know what? It's okay to struggle with your faith. It's okay to question whether God is real. It's okay to question and doubt because unless you walk through your doubts and come to your own faith and your own conclusions, the faith of your parents, the faith of your church will never be your own. And so part of the struggle of being willing to allow ourselves to question our faith and to to struggle with the reality of God is that we come to a rock-solid foundation of our belief in God through Jesus Christ, not because it says so in some book 
although that is really important and helpful, not because our parents or our pastor says it from the platform, but because we have personally met Jesus Christ and we know that we know that we know because we have a relationship with him. That's what Christianity is all about. I had a a college friend who we went through a lot of philosophy classes at Arizona State University, and he wasn't a believer. And so we would get into these philosophical discussions about faith and Christianity, and he would, you know, try and get me to say, well, how can you prove that God is real? And when it finally came down to it, I I, I could say, well, I can't give you any kind of philosophical argument that beyond a shadow of doubt will prove that God is real, but I can tell you that I know that God is real. And he said, well, how can you say that? How can you know God is real? And all I can say is, because I've met him. Because I've met him. And part of the question for us as Christians, whether we are new to the faith, whether we're exploring the faith, or whether you've been a Christian all your life, is can you remember that time when you met God? And God was so real to you that he was like a friend walking right beside you. He was like someone who was speaking right into your life. You see, that is the invitation that Jesus has. Follow me, Jesus said, for I am the light of the world. He who follows me, she who follows me, will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. It's not some philosophical light. It's not some idea that we believe is true, that we hope someday will prove to be real when we make it to heaven. It's a belief that we know that we know that we know because the light is shining in our hearts. It's shining in our minds. It is the light of God's love through Jesus Christ lighting the way forward. If we're willing to allow the perspective of God's word and the teachings of Jesus Christ to shift our perspective away from our own opinions, from our own desires, from the things that we think is right, to make God's priorities our priorities, to make God's love our love, to make his will our will. So many times, I think, as we go through life as a church, we we focus so much on the the duties and the patterns of religion and attending church and and doing all the things that we think are going to make us right. And we condition our kids to think that Christianity is all about doing the right things. While doing the right things are always important and good, we also know that the Bible clearly teaches that doing the right things doesn't come from our own ability to do the right things. It comes from our relationship with God and the power of Jesus Christ that work in our life, shifting our hearts, shifting our minds to be able to follow him and respond in obedience to his will. It's not something that we can take credit for. Our own goodness, Paul said, right, is like filthy rags. The only credit that we can claim is the mercy and the grace of God. And it's his love, it's his light at work in our lives. Now, if we can focus on Jesus as our source, if we can focus on Jesus as the light, if we can focus on our behavior as simply a response to God's behavior, now we can invite our teenagers and our kids and our friends and our neighbors into a community of faith who are all seeking to get it right. Not because of our own goodness or because we're holier than thou, but because we have met Jesus Christ face to face and we are responding to his call to follow him. See, it's only as we follow Jesus as Lord that his light shines on the path and reveals the way ahead. It's not a a one-time experience that once you've had it, now you can put it in, in your back pocket and move forward and say, yeah, I'm a Christian, I've got my ticket to heaven, and now I'm gonna live life the way I want. 
The question is day after day, God, how do you want to shift my perspective today? God, how, how can your word sh- get, reveal new things that maybe I didn't recognize before? How, how do you want me to, to continue to grow in your love, to be more loving, to be more gracious, to be more forgiving to those around me? God, how do you want me to use my time, my talent, and my resources as a call uh, for your kingdom and not for my own desires? At Faith Covenant Church, as we're going through this listening campaign, those are the deeper questions that we really need to be asking. As we're looking for our mission and our vision, what we truly value and what our priorities are as a church, even though we need to to talk and share our own perspectives with one another as we've been doing, the ultimate question is, is not about what our perspective is, but what's God's perspective? It's not about our opinions about who we are as a church or who we should be, but what are God's opinions? Who does God say we should be? It's not about our desires and what we want out of a church, but who is God inviting us to be for the, the least and the lost and the hurting in our community? And how, do our, how does our time, our talent, our resources and treasure become a gift that God wants us to give away on behalf of those who are in need? You see, Jesus' promise is that whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. It's a promise that that we can trust in him to bring understanding, to bring God's truth, to help us see ourselves clearly in the right way at the right time. But we need to be seeking Christ. For those of our kids who went through VBS, remember the theme was crack the code, and we talked about this last week, and we promised our kids, ask, seek, knock, Jesus said, right? For he who asks will receive. He who knocks The door will be open. And if you seek, you will find. That's a part of the discipleship life that Jesus is inviting us to. We need to be seeking God's light on our path so that we can see clearly when God responds. So some challenges for each of us as we move forward in this series over the next few weeks. And we anticipate the conclusion of our listening campaign and some clarity on where God is leading us. Are you willing, again, in this season of life, whether you're 15 or 50, to allow God to shift your perspective in a new way? Are you willing to be open to the light of Christ in your life in this season of your life? Are you willing to allow God to shift the focus of your vision, your priorities, where you're spending your time, your talent, your treasure? If God reveals to us the light for the path, are you willing to respond and say, yes, I will support that path. I will go on mission together with Faith Covenant Church. Are you willing to allow God to shift your behavior? Because ultimately, our belief is only as strong as our willingness to respond in obedience and behave out of what we believe. It's one thing to say we believe in Jesus, we are disciples of Christ, we are followers. But if we're not willing to respond and actually behave in the ways that we say we believe, then our words are just words. As you reflect on what God has been doing in your life this season. If you're a high school kid and you went to Chick and you experienced a shift in your life, in your relationship with God, if God has been working on you through VBS, and maybe you were a leader at VBS and you saw these kids cracking the code, if you have been feeling that God is working in your life in this season, what growth area has maybe God been challenging you to trust him with, to step out in and give him greater control? What areas of life has God perhaps been challenging you to open up to a new understanding, to allow him to bring new light and and, and new growth? Because none of us is ever done growing, right? If you're not dead, 
You're not done. God continues to work in our hearts, in our lives. And it's out of that inspiration that there's always something new that God has for us. That, that even in our retirement years, God can use you for his kingdom. God can use you to make an impact on the lives of those around you. How can you work in the days ahead to get better connected to Jesus in your day-to-day life? Do you need to be getting back into scripture more? Do you need to be living in his word so that his word can be living in you? Maybe you've lost touch with God. Maybe your prayer life is just kind of, and you're not even really talking with God anymore. Maybe that early experience that brought you to faith where God was real and present and active in your life is something that's a a distant memory. And maybe God's inviting you to experience his presence and his power in your life in a new and a fresh way. Maybe that's a part of what shift can be for you. How can each of us begin to connect with God in new ways? Because ultimately, when the light of Christ shines in our lives, in our hearts, we are transformed from the inside out. You see, as a result, our lives shift to become more like the life of Christ. Our our lives shift as we follow Jesus on this lifelong journey of learning and growth to become disciples of Christ, like those early disciples who transformed from being mere fishermen to being fishers of men. Jesus said, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. And men and women, I believe that light is shining brightly in this room today, is shining brightly in this church in this season. I believe God has a big mission for us to fulfill. And he's inviting each of us to open our hearts and our minds anew to allow him to shift our perspective to see that mission and vision clearly. And as we trust in him and we have the courage to respond, I believe we're going to see amazing things happening in Sumner, in Bonnie Lake, in Auburn, in Ording, in Puyallup, and around the world. Amen? Would you pray with me?